So as many of you know, Basque is run by a council, an elected council, and elections are currently underway. There are quite a few councillors sitting for just two national seats. It was laid out to the members that you get what you vote for, uh, just post the lead and steel announcement. So this is our chance to potentially meet some of the candidates and vote for a council that we are happier with, or it's our first chance to implement people into that council who we're happy with. We have a few interviews lined up with a few of the candidates, the first of which is with Carl Waktari. Carl Waktari is someone who is known to me and many of us through being the managing director of GMK, GMK being the importer for Beretta into the UK. I always think that Basque should run more like a business and I think having a businessman on the council would be good. Far from it being my endorsement and I wish no sway on this, we have half an hour of Carl Waktari for you to go and meet and learn and feel what this man is all about. Enjoy. Hello Carl, how are you? Good thanks, yeah, yeah. Coping with um, with all this, uh, with the shutdown and everything like that, but uh, and looking forward to it being over, hopefully not in the not too distant future. They were all feeling the end is nearer, isn't it? And that, that should be good for us all, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Uh, introduce yourself, if you will. Okay, sure. So um, I'm GMK's managing director. I've um, what, what, is, officially... what is GMK? Sorry, yeah. So GMK are the um, importer distributor for um, a wide variety of brands: Beretta, Benelli, Seiko, Ticker, Federal Ammunition. Those are our biggest brands. And so we import them into the UK and we uh, sell them to gun shops like yourself. Um, and we sort of don't really deal with the public directly, although we do you know, provide sales office support, um, technical inquiries and, and things like that. But so our, our primary function is to import the, the products and then to distribute it and sell it to the uh, retail network. Um, sorry, now continue yourself, sorry. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I've, uh, GMK was uh, initially called Gunmark. Um, it was founded in 1971 by my father and some partners. Um, so I sort of grew up with listening to him, uh, talking, shooting business on the, on the phone. And he took me shooting at quite a young age as well. Um, so it's always been around uh, there and um, eventually... I went off and studied in Manchester for three years and uh, then went and worked in London for, for four years for um, in ad sales for Sky TV. And then um, there was a vacancy in the GMK sales department. So I uh, came and took that on. I, uh, yeah, I mean, so I, it was always maybe a, a likely that I would come into the business, but it was never sort of completely decided. But, you know, having worked four years somewhere else, I realised that actually there's a there's a whole lot to be said for working in in a in, in shooting in in something that people are passionate about, and uh, you get the opportunity to uh, to sort of go shooting uh, sometimes um, and call it work. So it's it's a it's a win win really. Um, so why Basque Council? It's a fact, and, um, I could influence this. Sorry, carry on. Um, no, no, um, Bass Council, yeah. So um, I've, I've been uh, involved in various things over the years, uh, the GTA, and there was a shooting sports trust and the shooting industry fund, all various trade bodies. And I sort of, I've often looked at 
Basque and thought, uh, you know, they are our most important shooting organization by virtue of their membership. Um, and I've, I've always felt, I, I've got a vested interest that, that shooting um, continues and thrives because that's where I get my income. So I'm, I'm not particularly someone who, who, who um, loves being on committees. I've been on the Hampshire CPSA committee as well. And um, I think most people who, who go there, you know, want to, um, are enthusiasts and, and want, to, want to do well, but it can often get, get involved in politics and um, mini rivalries and things like that. So, um, but I just figured now was, um, was, was the time with all the sort of threats from, uh, you know, the, the anti-lobby, you know, we've got lead issue, we've got um, plastic wads, we've got noise, we've got all these things. And I, I just wanted to, um, yeah, be a, be a voice that could bring a, um, a different perspective to the council, really. And so, so I decided to go for it, yeah. What do you think Basque could do to better serve, oh, to better promote shooting sports to combat the anti-sentiment that is currently growing? Yeah, I, I think Bass do a, um, a good job overall. I think, um, I think they're perhaps not as good at communicating the good job that they do to, to members and, and perhaps to the gun trade as well. Um, it, it's, it's very challenging and, um, and people, you can always do more. So I, I haven't, you know, if there was a simple answer, I would have put it forward, but I think by... <laughs> Being, being more involved in it, um, I, I can I can help to uh, to, to make it better, um, and 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 that's the challenge. I mean, Chris Packham is is a is someone that the BBC and the media in general uh, are really drawn to. He's he's a big name, and he seems to get a platform for every every time he wants to speak out against shooting. And I think we could. Uh, we could really do with someone um, that that we can. There's no one out, no one out there. I think at the moment, but maybe we can nurture one or or more people to um, to, to, to put up a, a, a voice against him. I think we could do with you know more, perhaps making our face look a bit younger sometimes and um, less middle-aged man like like myself. But I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> offering to be that spokesperson but I think you know younger educated female of, of sort of neutral more neutral accent and um, you know maybe from ethnic minorities as, as well you know any anything that um, can, can try and get away from our stereotypical image um, would, would, would I think be useful. Do you think Basque should do more social media in promotion of shooting? Um, I uh, I think you, you can always do more. I think uh, social media is something that GMK has got more involved in. Um, I believe you're, you're, you, you know uh, Imogen Hour as a social media person, and, and I've sort of seen, um, I've seen the benefits of, of what she's done. It's social media is out there, um, and lots of people get their news there. So, yes, you can you can always get smarter and you can always do more there. And I think, um, I, I think the conservation angle is, is our strongest card. The, the fact that people who shoot, you know, do not want to wipe out wildlife because 
you know, without anything to shoot, we, we haven't got our sport. So it, it's, a, it's a tricky balance because at the end of the day, our sport does involve killing animals, but we need to, you know, focus on the, on the conservation work and, and, and th that we do and, and how the benefits of shooting. And I, I know that's what a lot of the organisations are doing, but I think we need to find better ways of, of doing it because um, the, the opposition is getting smarter, I think. So the big one that is sort of fresh in everyone's mind is the voluntary phase out of lead shot. I would appreciate your thoughts on that. Sure, yeah. I, I was asked this um, and asked for some comments in the Shooting Gazette uh, this month and um, I, I put it in there, but um, I, I think it's, uh, I understand where Basque and the Shooting organisations were coming from with it. It is, um, I think if, if lead has become classified as, as toxic, which seems to be the bottom line, then we have got, um, you know, it, that, that does make it uh, challenging. I mean, we can all have our personal beliefs on whether lead does you any harm or not. And, and I have mine, which is that, uh, you know, I'm happy to eat game shot by, with, with lead and, and in either, be it, uh, do, you, you know, do you at least accept it's the potency of lead, not towards humans, but towards wildlife? I know, I, I'm, not, I'm not clear that that case is completely proven, but it, what I think about that, I mean, it is, doesn't really matter because the fact is that there are enough people saying that, that it is proven and um, I haven't reviewed the, the science. So, but to me, I'm not, I'm not seeing, you know, poisoned birds dying by the roadside, but look, that, that's, that's by the by. It, it is, when, when the supermarkets said they don't want to um, have games shot by lead, I think that was quite a big move really, because that, um, that that's, that, you know, they're big organizations with, with a huge customer base. So we can't, I think, so, so if, we, if we accept that lead, um, you know, is, is the days are numbered, then we have to move on to, to alternatives. And, um, and we can't say there aren't alternatives because, you know, they, they have been around and um, they're, they're not as good as lead. I completely accept that, but maybe we have to adapt our, our way of doing things as well, because you know, we, I think we can often be a bit paranoid with in shooting circles that, you know, everyone's after us, but I'm involved in various other things and health and safety is, is coming into every sport, you know, um, the, 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 the CRB checks on, on adults coaching, the, you know, the, the, my, my sons play hockey and, and they have these face masks for taking short corners and, and now they have to have their own face mask, you know, you can't share them and all of this regulation is, is, is everywhere. So it's, you know, it's, it's, we can't expect that we don't have to move with the times and, and, I, and I think we do. Um, if, if we want to protect our sport in the long term. Good answer. What sport is your preference? Uh, what do you do as a shooter, hunter, fisherman? What, what do you do with your time chosen? What would you choose to do with your time? <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, uh, I would say probably the three main things I do are um, clay shooting because clay shooting is uh, Oh, nearly half of our business, our turnover on, on, on shotguns. Um, and 
Uh, I, I enjoy pheasant shooting, um, pheasant or partridge, any sort of driven game shooting. Um, if I get the opportunity, I mean, I don't do lots of it. Um, and I've really taken to uh, deer stalking over the last four or five years. I, 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 lo I love being out there and the, and the physical challenge of it and the and just being out in the countryside when I do it. I've had a go at most forms of shooting over the years, and um, and I, because you know we, we we cover so many areas in our business, it's it's important that I understand you know what what the, our products are used for, and so you know I've shot pigeon, I've I've been on a um, goose drive up in Scotland, I've um, I've shot a kangaroo, I've um, shot hunted, <laughs> I've been fortunate enough to to shoot uh, caribou in Canada as well. And so I, I, I enjoy it all. I, and, you know, some of them are, a lot of them take a lot of time. And, and that's the, the thing really that um, I, I have a full-time job and a, and a family as well. So um, if I can, you know, keep, keep the time down, then, um, th then that's what I do. So it uh, leads me on to one of my questions actually, which is what are your top three hunting experiences, given that you have probably been lucky enough to have a variety as you just said top three um i would say uh i would say the the trip to uh canada in no northern uh northwestern territory to hunt the caribou was was unbelievable we were, were you staying out in a tent and that kind of thing it, it was um it, it was a small camp on a peninsula up by one of the lakes and uh and, and we had a 10,000 volt fence around us um, to, to keep the grizzlies out. And um, we, we sort of traveled to our hunting spots via the lake. So we were in these aluminium motorboats that we went out on in the morning. And, uh, and yeah, it, it, was, it was just unbelievable, really. It was so remote, you know, there was, uh, and we were there for a week and uh, uh, unfortunately it was a completely dry week as well. So uh, that, that was, uh, um, but um, other than that, I mean, I, I sorry. Did you get one? I did, yeah. But it it, it was sort of uh, I needed help finishing it off with my guide, so I went out with my guide, and um, it was a it was you know we we sort of crept up, and then I was taking a a, a free shot, uh, a, a freestanding shot um, at this animal at a, a range that I was you know not not used to um and uh I, but I, I managed to to get a bullet in it and then i said to the guy look i i want you to finish him off because i'd uh you know he, he you're you're more experienced than that i i had no idea it was i was i was used to prone shots in uh um with a bipod in scotland you know and uh, um so you know americans hunt in a different way and they think uh you know that they shoot at moving animals and they do take a lot of prone shots and they're you know they're much more experienced at it um other memorable hunts i mean i, I uh i uh I, the chamois hunting in the alps was incredible it's probably the most exhausting thing i've ever done i mean it was it was climbing above two thousand meters and um and those animals seem to they're not a big target and um i've i've loved yeah hunting uh i love hunting red here in Scotland, uh, we, we go to Blair Athol, which is just they do it really well there. And and, and likewise, I actually um, the 
seeker in um, uh, Ireland is is uh, in the Wicklow Mountains is is fantastic. They're a, they're an, always a, a very hospitable, um, crazy lot over there. But it's uh, it, again, it's it's that sort of man versus nature kind of experience. I mean, I've been to some great pheasant shoots as well, but it, I think that is the thing maybe with with for me with hunting deer that you um, you tend to remember the the the, the, the one animal that you're that you're hunting with, um, with with birds. You you know you have a it's a very different way of shooting. You have a a, a good experience uh, you know sociably and um, and it's it's really the, the shooting is challenging, but you. You know, it just becomes a, a, a great day and great fun, as opposed to the actual, the actual one, one pinnacle of the day. It's a, a very good way of putting it. So you do, uh, as you said, most of your things at the moment. Like I say, if you got into deer stalking and for the last five years, that seems to have been your 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 top choices there. And I would agree that there is something really beautiful and more memorable about the hardship of hunting a animal on hard ground not to detract anything from the luxury of sitting on a peg and doing <laughs> what can, yeah sorry what, what i mean it's probably an easy question to answer but what guns do you shoot i um yeah i, I shoot uh berettas uh for, for driven game I've, I've got a um a dt10 um that i still use i just i i, I should have moved on but um I've just had this gun allocated me for a while and um, uh, I'm just very comfortable with it. I, I love the um, new Seiko carbon, uh, carbon wolf and, and uh, carbon light. Um, they're just lovely to shoot and I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not unbiased, but, uh, um, <laughs> and obviously put, put a Steiner optic on top of it. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I only use our stuff. I would be, uh, silly if I didn't really. Indeed, well, it's convenient isn't it? Uh, <laughs> everything else. What, uh, what do you think you can bring to the Bass Council? Um, yeah, as I, as I say, I, I, um, I, I understand it, it, is, it is a council I will be, I would be if elected, you know, one, one person going in there. Um, you know, it's a, it's a I have a range of opinions. What, what, what would I bring? I mean, I think I'd bring a, a different perspective. As I say, I, I do. I am aware how the um, how the trade, you know, perhaps feels, uh, perhaps aren't aren't as warm towards Basque as they they could be a little bit. And I and I think that is just maybe down to a, 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 a they could engage with with the gun trade more um, because. Um, I, I don't fundamentally think that anyone at Basque or, or anyone on within the organisation doesn't want to do a good job. I just think sometimes, you know, you, you need to communicate that um, face to face with with people a bit better. So, um, yeah, I, I think I could. I think at the moment, you know, we saw a bit of a, you know, unfortunate exchange of statements between Basque and, and the cartridge manufacturers. Um, and I, I can understand it from both sides. So to, to my mind, it would a phone call between um, between the two would have been more productive than 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 you know we, than than emails are you know they, they take a long time and they can be interpreted interpreted in different ways. So yeah, I, I think 
as I say, bring a, a gun, gun trade perspective and hopefully I can um, facilitate a better understanding between uh, the, 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 the trade and, um, and the and Bass Council and the maybe the employees as well. My, well, a bit of an aside, what is the Shooting Industry Fund? Um, the Shooting Industry Fund was set up in uh, late in the late 90s, not by myself, um, but it, what had happened then was that um, after Dunham Plain happened, the, uh, some lobbyists were employed to act within government um, and, and influence their, their decision, or to, to, to avoid too much legislation on shooting. They ended up running out of money, and um, so some of the, it was principally cartridge manufacturers, um, got together to create this fund so that in the event of another shooting incident, um, they would never run out of money again. That, that's how it started. Um, and it, it raised a, an amount of money and uh, GMK, you know, contributed quite a lot over the years as well. And then um, it, it got to the point where um, it, it was, we weren't really doing a lot and um, it was agreed that the, we should close the fund. The, the money is still sitting there in the event of a rainy day, but I, I am, I fervently believe that we have too many shooting organizations already really. That, um, and, I, and I think I can sort of put myself down as a catalyst for um, closing two of them, the, the, the Shooting Industry Fund, as I say, and also the, um, I helped to, to merge um, this Shooting Sports Trust into the GTA. They, they, were, they were two trade bodies, um, largely doing the same job, and, and, I, and I felt you know, one would be um, more powerful than, than the other, so um, yeah. Uh, are you still involved with the GTA? Um, G GMK are members, and my my brother is um, actually chairman of them. But um, me personally, I'm not. I'm not involved in them. No. Very good. Have you anything else you'd like to talk about, or any concluders? Um, no. I mean, I, I've um, I've read through uh, the, the other candidates for for the um, council and. And, uh, I was, I was, uh, I was, I was very impressed. Actually, I, I could, um, I could vote for several of them myself. So you know, it's. Um, I, I would just, as I say, I, I believe that um, I can offer something a bit different, um, and uh, I'd really like to, the opportunity to give it a go. And uh, and I think, you, you know, the shooting companies and um, the retail outlets. Um, like yourselves you know they, they do matter we we speak to a lot of uh, you know our our living depends on shooting um our, our you know we speak to a lot of members of the public so i think going back to the the point if you don't have a favorable you know yourself or, or or i can you know very much make the case for basque when we engage with the public um you know if if we are you know, better in, informed about about what they're doing, maybe. And um, you know, Basque has got one hundred and fifty five thousand members, um, and you know, there are over six hundred, probably over seven hundred thousand um, registered um, firearms holders out there. So there is, 
you know, I would, I would love us, you know, to have a, a shooting organisation that, that was represented three, four hundred thousand. Then I think, you know, then MPs and, um, and, and newspapers start to really take notice of you. That would make us more powerful. I realise, you know, that, that's not an easy job, but, um, you know, it would be good to set a goal to, to really get those numbers up. That's a very good point. So your your priority of anything is to grow to a stronger size, or that is a priority. I I would say so. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm I'm not I'm very reluctant to to you know criticise anything or or, or I, because I ha I don't know enough about what the challenge is with with doing that. But maybe by forming you know other levels of memberships or or. Or, or something um it, it can be achieved but um you know but it may just be a you know a, a, an unachievable objective but I, i've often felt it would be great if you could somehow if we if you could register as a sort of shooting supporter in this in the event that we really need to mobilize the shooting the community um and really you know get a few hundred several hundred thousands um you know behind any any sort of any point we're trying to to make and any 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 situation where we're trying to protest for example about the general licenses and stuff like that you know i think numbers talk in politics i'm i'm convinced of that so potentially a entry-level basque membership yeah look i like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That, that's about to dream carl i mean <laughs> Exactly. I, I'm, I'm very aware of, of, you know, making suggestions that, um, you, you know, that are naive and, um, but yeah, principally that, that's what, that's what I'm, um, I, that's I, what I'm I, suggesting. I don't, I don't think it's particularly naive. I think, I think there's room for radical change. I think there's certainly a call from it from, uh, I, I say the younger, the younger shooters, that there, there does need to be some radical change to ensure some future or to guarantee a decent future. Anything left will just lead to a death, um, which won't be great for me and my kids, certainly. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think we have to, um, I, I'm aware that I am, um, you know, not, not of the young generation. We all think of ourselves as younger than we are, but, you know, I definitely, we need to, to make this, you know, this sport appealing to, to your, your age group. and. Uh, and to be, you know, show them why why it's fun. I, I I think I've rarely had the experience where you don't take um, introduce someone to shooting and they don't enjoy it. They, they it, it seems a very well, it's very easy to enjoy it. And and I with with the Scotland trip, I've I've taken um, lots of friends, people who've never fired a gun, and it's um, and they just love it. You know, it is to, to see the sort of look on someone's face when they shoot their first deer and, um, and and you know go through all of that and then you know you've got a ready-made shooting ambassador for, from that moment on you know who who um who will you know any any social work occasion will will, will defend our our side and and that's almost more important i think than trying to win the the media battle because i think i think ultimately it's, it's you you can't really win it i think so as you said earlier, numbers do talk, and I've often said to people when they complain, have complained about steel being more expensive than lead in a biodegradable world, says, well, invite a friend, uh, all of the shooting numbers will double uh, overnight. 
and your costs will halve even better. But we're, uh, <laughs> yeah, the world uh, is, doesn't move that quickly, unfortunately, brain-wise. No, no. What, what would you say uh, on the uh, controversial naive thoughts to mandatory training for shooters? Yeah, um, I, I understand both sides of the argument. I think um, we don't want to make it more difficult to get into shooting. But then again, we, someone who comes into shooting who, who isn't safe and who isn't um, properly trained is, is, is not good for our sport either. You know, there, there are... Um, yeah, it's, it's um, something I could... Look, I've done DSC1 and I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a, a really educational uh, uh, experience. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, you learn about the, the prey and you learn about gun safety and everything. So I thought it was really good. I, um, I, at the extreme, I mean, I've, I've heard, I've had it described to me what they have to go through in Germany. And that is an absolute nightmare. You know, that, that is several weekends worth and, and some really crazy levels. But um, in, in principle, uh, you know, a, a, a two hour gun safety uh, requirement would, you know, it, it, I would see that that as a, as a positive thing, maybe not mandatory, but something, something like that, I think would be, would be, you know, I, I wouldn't be 100% opposed to. What do you think is the next five to 10 years looks like? Yeah, well, as we sit here in these, um, Covid times. I um, if you no. asked me this question, <laughs> you asked me this question in January, it would have been easier to answer. Um, I, I think uh, you know the the UK economy was was strong, and and I always say this about our business. You know that whatever you whatever you say, if people have got money, they they've got money to spend on leisure activities, and and they spend it. You know, our type of people spend it on on shooting generally. So, um, I'm I'm not. You know, certificate numbers are, are you know slowly climbing, and um, which which is which is good. So, I'm you know I'm pretty optimistic. I think we have to uh, we have to address the you know the the issues that can you know make our sport more difficult, which you know is is um, noise and you know and, and access to the countryside. Um, so. Uh, Shooting is the great thing for us as a business, uh, GMK, is that if you're into shooting, you um, it is your usually your number one passion, and therefore you, you you know what you you go to work to feed your family and to to, to enjoy your leisure time. And if, if shooting is your leisure, then you know it'll be the last thing you give up. So you you know people I think will often give up a foreign holiday, not that that's likely at the moment, but <laughs> um, before they give up shooting. So. Um, they are pretty resilient. We saw that in 2008, 2009. You know, it, it, it didn't fall off as, as much as certain industries did. Um, but it, you know, likewise, we don't get the boom times. So, um, yeah, I, I think, look, we all know the challenges facing shooting about um, ensuring all the pheasants are, are, are shot and, oh, sorry, eaten after they're shot. Um, you know, the, the, the lead shot, the plastic and noise. So, I think uh, we just have to accept that you, we're never going to be without challenges and, and, you know, let's just keep, keep enjoying our sport and keep trying to bring new people in and keep trying to, um, 
yeah, move with the times. Final one, and this is no way linked, but is of general interest to everyone who's watching this. Is there any secret stuff? Not secret, because you won't be able to tell me. What can we look forward to from Beretta Seiko Bonelli over the next short future? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, the um, S20 was just being launched from Seiko. Um, and we have actually have got a few of those uh, uh, starting to drip in. So Seiko were fortunate that they didn't really have a close down over um, uh, over the whole uh, spring period. Now they managed to keep their distances and, and keep working. Um, Benelli are um, bringing out some new products this <laughs> autumn, which um, I'm not quite sure if they're out there yet. But uh, um, and. Yeah, I, I. Are we going to get the Benelli rifle in this country at any point? Argo, Argus. Uh, yes, the uh, yes, good, good point. So the Benelli rifle was launched in um, in the US this year, um, and they uh, plan to bring it into Europe next year. So they they they've, they've done it this way round because the, they have it's a it's a new production line. It's a, it's a product there learning about how to manufacture it and um so they they brought it out in the us first um uk they you know even producing they're, they're used to producing guns in usually you know one caliber 12 bore um and then eventually a few years down the line comes a a 20 bore for the for them the um to to deal with lots of different rifle calibers is is a is a big challenge you know so they, there's only a few calibers and they're big calibers suited for the US that they've launched it in. And, uh, you know, we want sound moderators on it as well in this country. So, uh, but yes, it is due for launch here next year. Um, in terms of Beretta, what, what I can, what can um, I tell you? That, uh, the Beretta factory shut down for a period. Is that going to affect the amount of Berettas in this country or will they be able to catch up with themselves? Um, we we got we carry large stocks of Berettas, so at the moment there's nothing we're well. There's always something we're out of, but there's nothing you know. But there's nothing that the major models we we've got plenty of stock. Um, they are now basically getting back to to work completely um, this week and next. So uh, there'll be a bit of catching up to do, but um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about that. You know, the the um, the UK is a is a really important market for for them, and they give us really good service with um, with all of that. So they're they're already asking us for to reforecast and place some orders for the autumn and everything like that. So any secret but, stuff coming from them? Sorry, um, they they're uh, you know they're, they're always refining their range and they're looking at uh, you know running life cycles on products you know and and you know, the older stuff they they um, uh, that they replace periodically, as we saw seen last year with a going from six nine two to six nine four. So there is a couple of those coming this autumn, and then there was a couple of quite significant uh, design uh, new models that um, I can't tell you about. Um, no, but uh, um, but the, the, the COVID thing may have delayed them a little bit as well because um, I assume we would have seen them at Iwa, and we're not anymore. That. You um, probably wouldn't have seen them at Ewa, but one one was due to be launched at the at the um, French Game Fair, but it's um, 
but it that I don't think is going ahead. And as I say, you know, they, they had a very sudden shutdown, so you know, all of their design team went back, and and um, these products may be maybe put back a little bit now as well. So, um, but we, we will see when you know when when we're back at work and they're they're back to uh, fully back in operation too. How's that for titillating secrets that we can't find anymore? <laughs> Just enough to make everyone go, oh, let's rake the internet and see if we can find anything. A sneak peek. An Instagram story from someone who works in the factory who did something like that. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Uh, one last thing. Uh, Chapuis. Anything exciting from Chapuis? Seeing as that is now under your remit. Yeah, we've, um, we've sold uh, a couple of models. Uh, and put them out into the shops and um you know they've been really well received um it's the delivery was a little bit late last year so it's sort of it's gone into the shops um in the it, well they went in just just before we closed down so uh i mean shall we have a huge range already in in maybe in my opinion it's it's uh, possibly a bit big already because uh, you know they do everything from 12 ball to four tens and they do uh, yeah, rifles, Bible, express rifles, over and unders, straight balls. It's um, so so. We focused on our, our core business here, which is the the over and unders. And um, so yeah, we'll see. We, 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 I think the Beretta Group have only been in, just really got involved with them. So I think there's um, you know they're, they're, they've got to look at uh, how they can you know. Get more efficiencies there and, and and how they get products new products launched more quickly and, and so on my last question what is your favorite beretta ever made <sighs> how to, to choose between your children um <laughs> uh, i um i sort of have a soft spot for the um ase i, I um which uh, has sort of now become the, the dti but i i used to I remember as a child when I used to uh, um, play with my dad's SO, you know, the, the way that that used to um, close was, you know, or, or, and still does, is a, is a sort of piece of art, really. It's um, uh, So I've got a soft spot for that. And, and again, my, I remember my, my first real, real gun that I looked after was, that, that was sort of allocated me was a 680, and um, that was a great gun, but, you know, I... Um, I um I enjoy shooting them all. Very good, Carl. Thank you very very much, and uh, I wish you good luck in the upcoming. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, and I hope to see uh, see yourselves open soon again. Let's fingers crossed for Sunday. So I hope you enjoyed that. As with all elections, please do vote because a wasted vote, well, you forfeit the right to an opinion. So, go and. Choose your members of the council and hopefully the people that you choose will implement the changes that you desire. Anyway, regardless of whether you're a Basque member or not, I hope you enjoyed that. Guys, take care, stay safe, and I'll see you next time.